Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Oh man, what a, what a great, great place to be in this moment. Thank you so much. And uh, chapel team, thank you for leading us in worship again. Uh, isn't our chapel team amazing? Yeah. And uh, all, of our, all of our chapels so far, just, just so much great truth. Uh, so many people that literally are investing in you, uh, all of my colleagues and our administrators, our uh, staff, our faculty, uh, all, all the different people that just are, are kind of driving the train. Aren't your professors amazing? Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And uh, we have many that are joining us, maybe from your dorm room today, and, uh, and, and we're sorry about that. We wish you could be in the house with us, but, but you're my family. And uh, I got to be real honest with you, I, I love hanging out with family. And uh, while, while God has welcomed us all, and, and we are His children, and then we're all assigned to our, our relatives, we call them. That's our, our uniquely close family that uh, we call brothers and sisters and moms and dads. And, and you know, you've got those. But, but then we have this all-inclusive body of believers that we're welcomed into the family. And I tell you what, I am so proud to be a part of your life. And I want to thank you right straight up front for giving us that opportunity and letting us hang out. You've been so kind and uh, it's just a pleasure to serve right here at CIU. And, uh, and I want to talk to you about something today that probably if, if all of us were to get a true handle on it, I'm talking about all of us really understood. And from God's perspective, if we could, if we could reach right into uh, where he's at today and understand this subject, I'll tell you what, the power and the might. As we have witnessed throughout the scriptures and throughout history, when God shows up and people understand his path or that purpose. But I want to start with the question today, what is your dream? What's your dream? You got a lot of people telling you what their dream is, and you probably got a lot of people telling you what you should think about your dream and where to go to find your dream. And in the next evaluation of what you share as your dream. You got a bucket list or whatever. But, but boy, if I could sit down today and just listen, which, which actually I do that quite a bit. Uh, matter of fact, at lunch today, I, I'm eager, I'm eager uh, for, for God to, ch to speak through and, and because I get to sit down and listen to yet another dream from you right at lunch. But if I could sit with each of you, Dr. Raven, Dr. Rogers, if we could sit with each of these students and actually listen, I mean, right down to their very heart and there was nothing held back, what their dream is. Oh, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? That would be amazing. Well, today, I'm just going to straight up ask you. We'll just do a group session here real quick in chapel. What if you, what would you do, let me rephrase that, with your life if you could do anything. I'm talking no restrictions. Budget wasn't a problem. Impact, influence, credible people. 
you know, the inside crowd, the outside crowd. What if nothing restricted you and you led from your soul, like your insides, and you did anything you really wanted to do? Let me help you out. Some of you may be struggling with that. You're just now waking up or coming out of a paralyzing uh, uh, bit of uh, homework or something else. Let me help you out. Uh, Make sure to think really big, okay? When we're talking about this kind of dream, a life dream, we got to think really big. Some people have said, make sure it's so big that only God can get the credit. You've heard those, the big, hairy, audacious goals, all that stuff. Make sure it's really big because we want to be sure that it's that it's in alignment. Be sure it's really yours. You, you know what I found out a long time ago is there's a lot of people trying to live somebody else's dream. You know what I'm talking about. You know, you're trying to live somebody else's dream. And, uh, and uh, I, I don't know what that exactly looks like for, for so many, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's not what we're talking about today. Sometimes I've watched uh, parents or, or maybe uh, other caregiving people try to live out their dreams through their offspring and, and kids are under pressure. Students are thinking, well, what, what if I don't get that done? Or what if I don't please them? I, well, I'm not even talking about that today in honor of all of our parents who hopefully have great dreams and aspirations and grandparents. But what I'm really talking about is what's your dream? Be sure it's really God's plan. Make, make sure it's God's dream. Alignment with his principles. Make sure it's really something you can go with, like you're ready to go. Be a leader today, not someday. Someday it'll be fine. It'll come right along as you progress and you get there. Someday it'll be there. But be a leader today. I want to challenge you with that, just in a a couple quick thoughts today. You see these boys right here, Right after church, I got done leading worship like many of these, and, and everybody was filtering out, and, and everybody came through, and, and this motley crew right here I hung out with quite a bit. That dude right up front, his name's Leighton Von Mark Dubeld. He's got four names. He, he must be super cool. Well, he came up to me, and he goes, hey, dude. I was like, hey, dude. And, uh, and he said, I, I got this dream. I said, you do? What is it? You know, sometimes it's a nightmare, but you know, I, I want to hear the good, uh, the dream, you know? And he said, no, no, I got this real dream. I said, tell me about it. And, and amidst the whole crowd leaving and everything else, it was just he and I right there just for a moment. And he looked me in the eyes, even much younger than he is right there. And he said, I want to help my friends. I was like, whoa. He was about 13 right about this time you know, coming up into, you know, what he was going to be and do and everything else. And I got to tell you a little bit about most of that crew, not the dude in the very far back with the steel blue eyes, not him yet. But this crew had started playing in their own band called Rise Up, writing all their own music. We had produced their first album by the time they were 13, 14, 15 years old. They traveled full time six years. Amazing people, okay? But now he's looking at me in the eyes and he goes, I want to help my friends. Man, I tell you what, that's speaking my language now. What what if all of us really wanted to help our friends? What if we did? What if we grabbed onto that? I said, tell me what your dream is, man. He said, you know what? I'm a skater and I want to build a skate park. 
so I can tell my friends about Jesus while we're all skating. I was like, oh, that is amazing. And then I went, you don't know anything about skating. I was, was kind of in charge of the program, you know? And, and I was like, man, you're going to have to draw me a picture. I'm not quite following you. I've seen skate parks. I've seen skaters. I, I like, man, I like even riding a unicycle. I ride a unicycle. I learned when I was a little kid. I know how to ride a unicycle. Dirt bikes. I ride horses. Man, I like all that. I built my own BMX bike. I can ride a little bit on that side over there. But I don't ride skateboards. He said, no problem. The next week, he comes back full blueprint. Leighton draws me a full-scale skate park. What I didn't know was at the very same time he was connecting with his dream, another kid in town who actually shut down our skate park. He had already been so bad, and the police had followed him so much that one individual literally shut down our entire city skate park, and they stored all the stuff uh, on the city property away from anybody else. Quick story to catch up. All of a sudden, this blueprint that this guy brings forward and that other guy who just gave his life to Jesus, the baddest dude in town, now they're connecting and going, hey, how can we start a skate park? Well, guess who's not for that? The mayor. So guess what? The boldness of Jesus. You know how it goes when somebody gets saved? They give their life to Christ and he forgives their sins and they're free. They're really living the dream. He goes straight to the mayor, the bad dude. And he said, you know what? I, I'm asking, could we have the skate park back? And, he's, and the mayor's looking at the dude who shut it down. And he goes, no, you don't understand. He said, I used to be really bad, but I gave my life to Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus now, and I've got a youth pastor that wants to help. Long story short, Leighton drew the plans. The bad dude in town who gave his life to Christ actually got the stuff from the mayor again. And we opened up a skate park on our church parking lot. They gave it to us. And we began to have skate days. Pros came in. They heard about it. Social media was just coming out. The big things were happening. And I'm talking about dreams. What's your dream today? I know what Layton's was. Man, he wanted to help his friends. He was a skater and he was a musician. And he wanted to help his friends ultimately find Jesus. But I got to ask you in just the short time we have together today, <laughs> what is your dream? Well, I, I wish I could maybe even help you a little further with that. I can't answer it, but I ask people, how you doing? What's your dream? And sometimes I hear this reference point. Living the dream. Anybody ever heard that? Living the dream. Which actually means... I ain't living the dream. <laughs> That's actually what they're saying. I ain't living the dream. I wish I was out of here. I wish I was doing something different. And you know what? My heart kind of breaks when I hear it, even though I get it. I don't try to judge it. I just, I go, wow, wow. What if they really could live their dream? I want to take you to a story today just briefly, and it's right out of God's word. If we, if we could just read together, I put it right up here on purpose, and uh, as, uh, as all of our, our, our preachers and, and teachers are critiquing this, 
uh, forgive me, but uh, I love to read God's Word aloud in, in the presence of all of you. And, uh, and so let, let join me as I just read real quick from Genesis 37. This is Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers and sons of Bela and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought uh, their, their father a bad report about them. Wow. Already kind of a negative dysfunctional scene. Seems like the family's kind of a little jarred. All that. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his sons. Oh boy, we got partiality going on. Hang on. Because he had been born to him in his old age and he made him an ornate robe for him. He made an ornate robe for him. That coat of many colors. How many of you heard this story? Coat of many colors, almost everybody. Yeah, Dante got the memo today. He, he's celebrating the coat, the shirt of many colors today. Yeah, I only got one color on because I kind of want to disappear today. But this guy had it all, man. And when his brothers saw that his father loved him more, oh boy, than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word about him. You talk about dysfunction in the middle of this family. I mean, it's a bad deal. All right. Joseph, though, had a dream. Oh man, I love this. I, I get chill bumps every time. I, Joseph, we say it with me. Joseph had a dream. Now catch this right here. And when he told it to his brothers, man, this is going to be great, isn't it? He's going to be great. They hated him. Oh boy, all the more. And he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves and grain out of the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Man, you talk about an egotistic little brother. Woo, he was all about him. What would you have done? You know, your little brother comes in and goes, hey, I'm going to tell you what's up. You're going to bow down to me. You're going to worship me one day. You're like, get real. Here's what happens. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more. Man, there's a lot of hate going on here. I'm feeling, this is bad. This is bad. Hated him because of his dream and what he had said. Let's go on. Then he had another dream. Man, this dude, he's a dreamer. We got a dreamer going on. Man, I tell you what, around higher ed, that's your worst nightmare, isn't it? Oh, man. Oh, we got another dreamer. Look out. This guy, he's got too many ideas. This girl, she's got way too many ideas. And, and we've seen this before. Oh, my word. We got some freshmen in here. They got all kinds of crazy ideas, man. They, they're a dreamer. Oh, boy. Hang on. He had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said. He said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his, his father as well as his brothers and his father rebuked him. Now we're going all the way to the top of the food chain, all right? Not just the siblings rattling around. Dad's like, sit down, boy. His father rebuked him, and he said, what is your dream? What's this dream you had? Will your mother and I, your brothers, actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. There was a little bit of wisdom coming through here because he had seen it. He had watched it. And actually, it was his favorite. It was his favorite talking to him. So I, he was like, man, I better think about this one. Can I pause there just long enough to say, when you share your dream, all right, which you should, by the way, you should share your dream. 
And we're going to look at some of the reasons and all that filters through this. But in a quick moment, I got to tell you up ahead, one of my mentors told me years ago, Dr. James Keaton, he said, people will forgive you, Dan, for anything but success. People will forgive you for anything but success. Some of you are already successful. I've talked to some of you, and you own your own business already. That's amazing. I love that. You have a business cranking, and you're going through college, and you're doing your studies, and other people are already working for you, either here or somewhere, somewhere else. you got businesses you're running. I love that. You've got ministries. You've got nonprofits in the making. I mean, you are talking about some cool stuff. I love that. Don't ever stop. Joseph had a dream, and he told his first dream, really bad reviews, <laughs> like everybody's hating him. He tells his second dream, now his pops, <laughs> his mom and dad, man, they're going, oh, dude, you got to shut up. Somebody's going to die. You know, it's you. <laughs> Which they kind of like saw that unfold. But here's the deal. People will forgive you for anything but success. I got to tell you this. I'm just going to lay it all out here because we don't have much time today. Here's the, here's the deal. Real life dreams really do come from God. God is the one who places. And with Joseph, it was no different. But I got to tell you today, the dreams and aspirations that you have floating around, and, I, and I'm going to tell you, not all of them, not, if you don't know Jesus, now here, here's the clincher. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I, I, I've really got no idea what's floating around None of us do, because the heart's desperately wicked aside from the living God. But I'm going to tell you, if, you're, if you are in his family, and you've asked him to come into your life, and, and you're surrendering your life and your heart and your dreams to him, man, I'm telling you what, real life dreams come from God. He's going to let them flow and flow and flow. Not just one. It could be many. Real life dreams are not always popular as we just read in that real-time story about Joseph, man, his own friends, I mean, his own family certainly probably rotated into the friend base. We don't even know how deep that was. But I got to tell you something, you're going to get pushed back. Especially if you're a dreamer or what we call a visionary. Some of you are studying business. How many business majors do we have here? All right. Others are studying other things. We all talk about being uh, in a vision, sharing a vision uh, spiritual formation right here. Our entire job li literally was given uh, and created about two years ago for us. And our entire job is to enhance spiritual formation wherever it's found. Enhance. Continue. Build. Wow. Real life dreams are not always popular. So, so get ready for a little pushback. Get ready for somebody to say, well, that was stupid. That's like hate, you know, that's like hate speech to me. That's probably the updated version of what this family and all their dysfunction was going through. Well, that was dumb. Whatever gave you that thought? I got to tell you a real quick story. This is not even in my notes. My grandmother, who got saved before she died, okay, at about 95. That's pulling, that's pulling it close, I got to tell you. All right? But she told me as a little kid, she looked square into my face. And she said, listen up, just this, about this close, Miles. She goes, you will never be a good singer. I went, what? I was a kid. I, I don't know where she was coming from. I have no clue except for she had so much strife and so much hurt and so much pain. And you've probably been around some people 
My heart breaks because some of you have been straight up against it and somebody told you you would never be anything. You would never amount to anything. You can't do it. But I'm guaranteeing you, God gives out dreams. God has planted dreams in your life. And I'll tell you what, it strikes me in my heart because uh, I'm not saying I ever was or ever will be a singer, but I, I, I guarantee you I went after it like there was no tomorrow. And I got to sing with a lot of great people through the years. And I'm sure they were much better than me. But we've been able to make some tunes for Jesus in spite of the pushback of somebody even in my family who told me I would never, ever be anything. Real life dreams usually take time to unfold. Don't get in a rush. You got to understand, when God shares something in all of his sovereignty, it's not going to come about in just a click and just your, your decision to push you forward. It's not going to happen quite that quick. Real life dreams are found on the journey and they do come true. They certainly do. The last thing that we're going to look at too is real life dreams deeply impact others. Man, I'm telling you what. Let's go back to the scriptures because I want to land this for you. Genesis 41. So Pharaoh said to, to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land. Now you got to understand some time has taken place because when we found him, how old was he? Anybody remember? 17. We started on with 17. All right. Now we're clicking through because man, he's going through all kinds of junk. His brothers sold him. We don't have time to cover all that. Go back and read it. It's amazing stuff. He was literally sold into slavery, sent to another land under the authority of somebody. Then he gets undermined by the person that he was serving and falsely accused, put into prison. I mean, you got this whole thing going on uh, over a matter of about 10, 12, 13 years. And here it is. Pharaoh then, this is top dog in his new land. <laughs> he took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes and fine linens and put a gold chain around his neck. I mean, this guy's getting hooked up all of a sudden after all of this stuff. I, 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 want you, I want you to know, he had been through it. I mean, everybody had told him that he was nothing and had put him down and down and that Joseph had been through it. And I've got a sneaking suspicion that some of you have really been through it. Maybe you quit dreaming already. Maybe you stopped sharing your dream. Maybe you have not been a part of a group that has supported you. But I'm here to tell you again, let's reset the bar. Because you're in a house that supports you and your dreams and God's leadership in your life. And I am going to move forward with you because I want your dreams to literally come true. we got to keep moving. Hey, it wasn't only that. These were power signatures, not just of pride, but of power because he was now set over the kingdom. Pharaoh gave him a ride. I mean, he, he got some new wheels hooked up, a chariot, and he was second in command. And people shouted before him, make way. You know, it was one of those deals. That's pretty cool. If, if God sets you out and puts you in charge of something, it don't matter what everybody else thinks. He's going to make a way for you, and, 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 and nobody can do anything about it. It's a beautiful thing. Now, I do want to say this real clear, real clear. I'm not a health, wealth, and prosperity speaker. That's not what I'm talking about. Some of us will go through great. I wish I had a lot longer today to tell you all the pain that Joseph had went through getting here. All the pushback that he had gone ahead and believed his God through. Because to get him to this space was a lot of junk. 
And you and I, we're going to have to go through a lot of junk. It's going to take a bit. But here's what happened. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift a hand or foot in all of Egypt. Matter of fact, Joseph was so powerful now. His dreams has been so fulfilled. He was the man who told everybody what to do. Whoa. That's pretty, that's pretty serious power. Handed to him. Pharaoh gave Joseph a new name. Zephanath, Paneah. And gave him Asenath, daughter of Potiphera. And check this out. Check this title out. Priest of On. You want, you, what, what, hey, what church you pastor? I'm the pastor of On. There's your no church name. If you want to, hey, the new kid, hey, if you, once you get your family, there's a couple of names you can put right in there. Boy, that's, that's tight. Got him a new name. He's got his wife. He's got a ride. He's got the power signal, the gold chain. He's got the ring. He can call any shot he wants. I'm telling you what, that's pretty much at the top of the chart. Full circle. Oh, boy. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt uninterrupted. Now, we got to move. Joseph was 30 years old. So how many years have we covered? 13. Yeah. It's not that long. I mean, you guys are going to be here maybe four or five or six or seven. If you do, maybe, maybe eight, you know, if you're like some of us, you stretch it into 10, you know, whatever. I don't know where you're at. Some, some will finish up later on. Here's the, here's the deal. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain. Now check this out. He was put in charge of saving up all of the crops and making a plan for them because God knew that there was going to be a famine. I mean, nobody in the world would have food and God's way ahead of that because he had a dreamer who believed and was leadable and teachable and he could grab it. And he did. And now check this out. He's put in charge and he starts storing up grain like the sand of the sea. I don't know if you've ever been down to the beach and tried to count sand. It's a big deal. One million, two million, you just every handful feels like a million sand grain, like the sands of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records. You see the dudes over there, the bean counters, all the CPAs, they're lined up. They're like 10 wide with tablets and they're going, I mean, they're just burning pencils up. You know, he goes, stop it guys. Hang on, hang on. You ain't seen nothing yet because my dreams won't come true. You ain't seen nothing yet. Right on down. When all of Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. And then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. Man, I got to hustle. We got to close it up. What happens? The famine comes. He goes through all kinds of turmoil, getting his family back. He finally introduces himself as the slave they sold and actually mimicked his death. He comes back in and humbly shares who he is and what they can do comes all the way down. Man, I'm telling you what. Joseph went out to Pharaoh and he said, now my father and brothers are here. There's a lot of stuff recovered today in the storyline, but here's the deal. Now his family's front and center over where he's at, where they sold him into slavery, hoping all that would disappear, and now they're front and center again. Pharaoh doesn't kick him out or punish him. No. On Joseph's behalf, Joseph gets to choose five brothers presented before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh asks the brothers, what's your occupation? Anybody remember that in the film? What's your occupation? 
You remember that? 300, look it up. Yeah, we, di- we did it in men's chapel the other day. You guys remember? You got it. Well, they said, We're, your, your servants are shepherds. And they replied to Pharaoh, just our fa- as our fathers were. We're shepherds. We've come to live here. We've come to live here for a while. Do you see these people are still not dreamers? They can't even think beyond the end of their need. They're just like, hey, we, we just need a place to hang out for a little bit. And they're working on minimums. They don't know who's going to answer the questions or where their provision is going to come from. But somehow the dreamer <laughs> is in place. We've come to live here for a while because of famine severe in Canaan. And your, your servants' flocks have no pastures. So now please let your servants settle in Goshen. They're still beggars. They're working on minimums. Still not dreaming. But check this out. Pharaoh said to Joseph, hey, come here. Second man in command over all, the, over all the land. Your father and your brothers have come to you, and the land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best part. Can you say that with me? Best part. Yeah, try it again. Best part. It wasn't the leftovers. Yeah, that was an echo, wasn't it? Still real, still real. Hey, the best part. When you dream God's dream, I got to tell you, because we're going to float it right on down. We got the landing gear out. And he goes, and he settles his father and his brothers in Egypt and gave them the property. This is a whole new story now. They're not just sleeping over in the hotel. They, They had no plan, no dreams. But Joseph's dream carried on because did you remember what I said about being impactful? Right down here, real life dreams deeply impact others. I got to tell you today, right here at the close of chapel, 30 seconds left, I got to tell you, your dreams are so important, not just for you, but the people that are around you even now. Man, oh man, I tell you what, you see these people right here? I fell in love with that girl right up here at the top that's holding now our fifth grandbaby. This, this cowboy down here, that's Case Walker, man. He's talking to me on the phone. As you can tell, I cut myself out of that picture. He's standing on a steering wheel, honking the horn, talking on an iPhone with Papal. He's 17 months old. What, what's this dude going to be dreaming about? Man, I can't even tell you. And his brother's coming in January down in Texas called Colt. So I got Case and Colt in Texas. They're coming on. And there they are. My wife and I fell in love as teenagers. I saw her at 16 years old, and I'd always dreamed of somebody like her. And then one night I was at a concert, and I was looking out, and I saw her. I was like, oh, dude. Dude. I mean, I'm serious. I, I saw all kinds of people. I was on stages everywhere, and then she was like, Ooh. you know, that kind of thing. Boom. I can't even tell you about that. We're going to have to have lunch, and I'll tell you more about it. But now we got six grandbabies, man. You talk about dreaming. They let me into Papaw League at 49 years old, man, and now I'm 56, and we're stacking them high. I got to get shoulders and extra arms and, you know, the whole pack. But it all started right down here. You see that dude in the middle right there? I started dreaming really big with my brothers. I'm still with these people. They run big stuff. I'm talking about real big stuff in the country today. And almost all of our friends began to dream. And somebody told us we belonged. And our dreams counted. And every one of them, almost everyone, has accomplished their dream. And they're living it out with their families 
You see, my baby's right there. I'm not bragging only on Jesus and his grace and what he can do through a dream. I'm telling you that all these kids are sixth generation believers now. We're not asking permission. We're proclaiming it. I got to close. You got it. Seek God early. Get his plan. Surround yourself with great friends. Write out your dream and find a coach to mentor you. We're right there with you. Because this dude and the dude in the back. Their dreams became true. I started meeting with them at 5 a.m. in the morning, putting a business plan together. Now the dude with the steery eyes in the back right there, he runs one of the biggest road companies in all of Virginia. He's got a massive business, and that was his dream. But he was a skater when I met him. This other dude, he travels and has a great family and ministry, and he has his own uh, uh, band, and, and they're part of all that. All the dreams have come true. But here's, here's really, this was you the other night. I got to hear some of your dreams around a campfire. <coughs> and, and, and we're setting up right now, we're setting up a dream hub and a thing we call ID. I'm discipled. Not trying to take your church place or anything else, but dream hub and ID. Those are two programs. I just want to throw them up there because everything's going to begin unfolding because we want to hear your dreams. Dr. Raven, our schedules are going to be really full. We're going to be doing group sets and all kinds. We're making way. We want to hear your dream. And then we want to help you. And we want to help disciple you. The ID program is who you're identifying with and how deep do you want to go in that identity. Oh, man, I love it. But here's where we're at. You've heard the old Oriental proverb, choose a job you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. Oh, you'll work hard, but you won't even think about it. I get to serve you every day when I lay down at night, I go right to sleep, just like that. Because I got no regrets for the day. And I get to serve the most amazing people in campus on earth. And I tell you what else, preparation and separation brings clarification and declaration. You got to think about that a little bit. You might even want to take a picture of it because when you're preparing what you are, and you are separating yourselves out, and not everything feels comfortable about that. People are going to make fun of you. The clarification that comes out of that will bring declaration to your message and your life. And I cannot wait to see it and hear it because, guys, I'm telling you what, we're living the dream. All across Scripture, we have seen God connecting with people and their plans and their desires and their rewards and their path because He cares about it. So I end with this. What would you do with your life? If you could do anything, no restrictions. God, I ask you in this moment as we close chapel, got a lot going on here. I pray that you'd bathe our minds in your word. Thank you, Lord, that you're always here to apply. And, and God, this whole story is an amazing story of how you took Joseph and gave him a dream. But God, I'm asking on the authority of your word in this story and many others, that you would birth dreams all across this room right now. Help them to, to embrace them and to take them on. And God, then to tell people and share them and get them written down so they can proclaim it and declare it. And God, we're going to thank you for everything you do. We give you advanced praise for all that you're doing right now. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all the family said, amen. God bless you. We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes 
and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.